0: Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey it's professional wrestler Cole Boom Boom Gabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Lou Gowen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Lou Owen is. Support the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk, Bravo, now and
1: live. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Mr. Davis, and I'm joined on this hell in a cell go home week. The championship is once again up for grabs. My mortal foe, lukewarm Luke Owen.
2: Hello, Mr. Davis. You son of a bitch in your you big son dick. son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. How the devil are you?
1: I'm good. Is son of a bitch an okay thing to say? I think so. I mean, We're McMahon says channel.
2: it all the time. And like mm-hmm. Annie was saying, that on a PG show,
1: yeah, but they say S word on a PG show. Well, do they? Yeah. Who d- occasionally? Doesn't... Occasionally, they'll they'll oh. bust like three times a year. They'll let an <laughs> flip yeah. they like, a S word slip like... through.
2: Yeah. Hey, but they're like, hey, when the ratings are down, you've got to bring out the big guns—the yeah. S
1: word. And when they haven't got any good ideas to to make a feud feel. More intense. They just have Roman Reigns come out and say "bitch." Well, that's that's what I mean. All in.
2: Mm. I mean, that's why I thought like us, you know, joking about your son of a bitch" isn't too terrible because it was Roman Reigns' catchphrase for, I mean, a little while basically.
1: Well, I'm I'm very much doing eighties action movie "son of a bitch." That's my style. Like the 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 hero, the protagonist, has just gotten to a point, but oh. The antagonist has outsmarted him and the like the, the hero looks into the camera just slightly off camera goes, son of a bitch.
2: Yeah. Or as a term of endearment, like in Predator, mm. when Arnie sees Carl Weather, he's like, Dylan, you son of a bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but this definitely isn't a form of endearment. No, it's I not. Hate guts.
2: I hate you so much. Do you know what I also hated? RAW. Shall we Bloody get into hell. it?
1: <laughs> son of a bitch. Raw.
2: Here is the show.
1: After all these months, after a storyline that started around January, February time, which, by my watch, is nine years ago, we finally have an answer for who was the that storyline was concluded on this season premiere of RAW on Monday nights. And it was also lumped in with the retribution faction. Ali was the leader. This was a this was a crap episode of RAW. I'm Mr. David. I'm joined by lukewarm Luco Luke and we're gonna we're gonna unpack the retribution stuff first and the hacker stuff. And then we're we're going to get through this together, gang.
2: Oh, so when Ali Prince Ali was uh, revealed to be the uh, the the leader of Metribution, there were a few people who said, "Ah, well, it totally makes sense because he was supposed to be the hacker. Like he was reportedly going to be the SmackDown hacker back in January before WWE decided." we're not going to do that storyline anymore. And then other people argued, well, maybe they can just tie in uh, the Smackdown Hacker storyline. And I said at the time, I'd love to have this level of optimism that just you can look at this storyline and be like, well, now it all makes sense. Like they've just tied this all together as opposed to what has quite clearly happened is that they introduced this group because ratings were down, and they wanted something that was shocking. Didn't really know what they were going to do with it. Didn't even really know who was going to be in the group. Then looked at it, was like, oh, actually, this group's a bit crap. Um, they need a leader. Uh, it's Ali's the leader. And then after a while, I was like, I suppose we could just make like just say he was the SmackDown hacker as well, and just sort of stuff. And we won't make a big deal out of it. Just have. Ali say it in a promo. By the way, I was actually the Smackdown hacker as well. I was such a Smackdown hacker, I'm now on Raw. Um it's ju- and like it was not a good night for retribution. That's all a bit rubbish, right? Cuz it's all just a bit lame and a bit haphazard and a bit just sort of thrown against the wall. You couple that with the fact that they bloody lost twice really uh, on this show and then you got Ali going like but we're still a threat. I'm like You're sodding not, mate. You're absolutely not a threat. I'm
1: I'm starting to think his light thing, you know, when he just grips the light with his hand, that's, that's emblematic of his push. (laughs) <laughs>
2: and his various pushes that he's had over the years as well yeah the the audacity of this man to cut this backstage promo being like we're a threat and no one is safe from us like well everyone apart from the Hurt business who quite convincingly beat you and everyone apart from the fiend who quite convincingly beat you
1: yeah so th- this is again obviously we're not targeting ali or the members of retribution as people um they are making the best of an absolutely terrible creative situation from as far as I can see. Because everything Ali has done on social media, his performance is always very good here. This was his big sort of heel reveal, remember? We were meant to have this last week, the week after Ali revealed himself as Retribution's leader, when everyone was really excited. Well, not everyone. We weren't. But there was undoubtedly some momentum behind the group. They had something actually going for them. A purpose, a leader. Okay, we've had the first two months of nonsense and just incoherent attacks. Now we can have a proper storyline for Retribution with Ali as the sort of figurehead, the person at the front doing all the mic work. Then that explanation heel promo the week after was unceremoniously dropped. We both said here, that tells you WWE don't care about retribution all they think of them is that they're a mid-card act i said two weeks ago mark my words before survivor Series, like they will be they will lose to the hurt business at survivor series and then they'll disappear into nothingness and that happened on this show the second proper week that they were at raw with ali as their leader they had an eight-man tag Against the hurt business and lost decisively because it yeah. was oh god I've, the, the spunk spunk tapped T-bar. 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 the bloody big lad tapped out like they didn't,
2: I, if they're gonna have anyone tap it's gonna be uh, slap nuts right it's gonna be spunk it's gonna be uh, shamed thorn mm. they're not gonna tap out the big guy but no they just tapped out the big guy i i, I would honestly wager that it's it's punishment because they were trying to get themselves over on Twitter. And like, and Dijak's the one who's been doing all of it. Dijak has been the one pushing ahead, being like, I'm going to create a different character compared to the one they're making me portray on TV. I honestly would put money on this is punishment for him trying to get himself over.
1: Certainly could be. It could also be uh, in this match... Slap nuts, slapjack got legit knocked out by Cedric Alexander. Did you see this? It was like a mm-hmm. thing was a spinning back fist, which are always very dangerous moves to take because you can't really see where you're going to work the move to, to protect the other person. AJ Styles. I once asked someone who wrestled AJ Styles once. I was like, "How do you take the back fist?" And he just said, "You just gotta." <laughs> You just got to take some of those moves. You, you just take it. And yeah, Slap Nuts just sort of collapsed in the ring and fell out. And it was the match fell apart a bit and he stumbled back in the ring. You know, the, the guy's knocked out. I don't know why the referee didn't jump in there. If that was a women's match, the, the whole conversation about this episode would be very different. Everyone would be saying women are unsafe, they can't mm-hmm. work. And the, and then like a bunch of people on the other side of things saying, well, the... the management should have stepped in this is outrageous that they let them wrestle in their own way but um it didn't no no, no one's really bad at an eyelid really uh, <laughs> because it's just a, a guy getting knocked out in a wrestling ring that's kind of a occupational hazard uh, it ain't ballet folks so maybe he was meant to take the tap out lost to lashley they called an audible we don't know but the the big headline is wwe buried retribution here. They dropped Raw Underground last Friday. That was the the reported thing. And you know, they have that hasn't been around for a while. Uh, We thought initially it was because of COVID related reasons. Now it seems it was already probably on its way out because it never had a direction really. And Retribution, I think that they kept on saying it throughout the entire show. This is a season premiere. We've got a new cast of characters. We're going to start new stories, which they failed at massively on this show. But part of this process is tying up the loose ends of the previous season. And one of these awkward things that's still there is this crap Retribution faction that WWE creative don't have any good ideas for so we're in the process of the slow but actually quite quick death where they yeah. lost here and they got beaten up by the fiend decisively the fiend individually took out every single one of them and then our afterwards backstage saying oh by the way i was the hacker like, the damage has been done
2: yeah and the fiend thing is even i'd say worse for them because they picked the fight like It's not like The Fiend came out on Raw and challenged Retribution to come out for a scrap. The Fiend was just minding his own business and Retribution thought they were the big lads came out for a fight and just got beaten up by him and that was it and they got sent back and Mia Yim disappeared because Mia Yim was out there at the start of this show. They mentioned her by name. Reckoning, is that her name or is she the other one? Retaliational, Retaliational. Reckoning. Either one of the two because Mercedes Martinez has already been uh, dropped from the group and mm. um, and like, so Mia Yim was out there. And then as soon as the match started, Mia Yim's just gone. Just absolutely disappeared from this because got no, there's no ladies in the Hurt business. So uh, you've got to got to get out of here, Mia Yim. Also, uh, the Fiend's going to beat everyone up afterwards. So better get out of here. Then she's just back backstage with them later on being like, oh, I'm still part of
1: this group. And I'm mean. Yeah, it, it's not like the Fiend has a lady person with him now. She's in court with Alexa Bliss. No, it could have seen had- like Alexa get get physical yeah. there. Wow, well, you know that these
2: are these are things that you only think about in hindsight, really, isn't it? Twenty twenty. It's like we were talking about with Halloween Havoc '95. What well, that show needed was a second draft. Yeah.
1: yeah. So everybody, I'm I'm in the process of writing a book right now, and that is like a novel. And one of the things I'm learning about the creative process is rough drafts are a wank. It's a pile of rubbish. But from that pile of rubbish, you redraft, you formulate ideas, you detect inconsistencies, and you fix them. You craft them into, hopefully, something that makes sense and people want to read or see or watch. Raw is a permanent state of rough draft. And you look at the reports and the creative procedure behind it. How could it be anything else? It's a show that has its script torn up hours before it goes on air.
2: And what really pisses me off the most kind of like in all of this is that you've got, I, I'd say decades like Seth Rollins going out and doing interviews, being like, the problem is the fans. The problem is, is that fans just, they can't, can't they can't deal with long-term storytelling. And because they can't deal with long-term storytelling, we as a company can't do long-term storytelling. And I, you just want to like this isn't long-term storytelling. Ali being revealed as the hacker is not a payoff of long-term storytelling it is tying up a loose end that you forgot about like as a company your bad creative forgot about and your directionless creative forgot about but in five years time Pritch will just do a podcast and they'll be like yeah it was the plan all along but Meltzer and Sean Ross Sapp and Dirt Sheets (sighs) and the fans just can't they can't take long-term storytelling and the and the worst thing about this is, is you have fans that lap that up and like we get, we get comments all the time being like, problem is, is, is YouTubers. It's people like you that can't hack long-term storytelling. And
1: that's why you don't like it. Yeah, go and watch how we talk about actual long-term storytelling <laughs> on AEW. Hangman Page, Kenny Omega. Just this terrifically crafted year-long narrative. Uh, and it's all the better for it. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I guess, where do we go from here? Retribution, in my opinion, this was a burial. I can't see them coming back from this. And, you know, it's not like they're this great faction with loads of promise to start with. They were rubbish from the get-go. They were rubbish in all the bits in between. Ali lead- reveal as a as the leader was a thing. A lot of people liked it. I just couldn't get invested in it because I knew where this was going, and that is this week where they just lose all the time in multiple ways. So Dude, I said
2: uh, I, I I said it at the time, it was never a it was never
1: direction, it was a moment. Mm, yeah. And as a moment, it was good. But so, it had no had no future. Just trying to figure out what this is by WWE's own booking. Ali wasn't beaten up by the fiend. So uh, the fiend went to hit a sister Abigail on Ali, he got away, and Ali sorry, uh, the fiend, Mandible clawed T T bone instead even though T-Bone's got a mask on. How does that That's work? How, it's how powerful the mandible claw is. It even gets through masks. Mm. So that, to me, says we're getting Ali versus the Fiend. I th- Does it?
2: Is yes. that your takeaway from all of this?
1: I think... No, no dude, what we're getting is, is Retribution versus the Hurt business. That's what we're getting out of this. All right, are you going to bet we're getting... So for Helena Self, this weekend... Because yeah. what they've done, the other side of this is they had loads of plans on SmackDown for The Fiend and then they traded him to Raw and they've got nothing for one of their biggest most overstars in the company. So I think they'll be like, oh, we can't just have The Fiend not have a match at Hell Cell. That's his pay-per-view. That's where he-, <laughs> he performed so well in that angle last year. I reckon we're card am i gonna know we've got three hell in the cell matches already i was gonna say you could have ali versus the fiend in hell in a cell with the rest of retribution outside the cell now i think by this sunday's pay-per-view ali versus the fiend is on the card as just a throwaway Here... filler give fiend something to do before he gets his actual first raw title program uh, i am gonna make a different prediction I think
2: that the fiend is just going to interfere in the main events and cause the DQ between Drew and Randy Orton. Um, and I think that we were gonna we're gonna get the hurt business of MVP Apollo Crews, Shelton Benjamin and uh, Cedric Alexander versus Retribution of Ali T Bar Slapjack and Mace. And Retribution will win, and that will be you know them getting their win back after being beaten on Raw, and then we can have another eight-man tag on Raw the following night. Or, you know, a variation of the eight-man tag. Maybe a six-man to, to shake things up a little bit uh, on Raw the following week.
1: And that will all build, of course, to an elimination match between yes. all of those people at Survivor Series.
0: Exactly. Well- J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: Lockdown has been hard on lots of people, but it's also been tough on, tough on, Well, you know... My big hairy balls, Luke. Yes,
1: yes, you're you're big hairy balls, Ollie. So let's thank today's sponsor, Manscaped, for providing the best materials to give you the best manscaping experience possible. This could be the greatest ball shaving of all time. Hygiene is super important
2: in this, the new now. And the perfect package essentials kit by Manscaped comes with everything you need. High performance USB rechargeable body trimmers with its advanced skin safe technology, which is far more important than WWE's AR nonsense at their pay-per-views.
1: But it's not just your big hairy balls that need sorting out. You also need to look at your big your big hairy nails, or your I guess your long hairy nails. Or you know, your big your big long nails. Along with the perfect package kit,
2: you should also order the Shears 2.0, a newly improved luxury four-piece nail kit with stainless steel, slashed tipped tweezers,
1: round-point scissors fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Enroll in the Peak Hygiene Plan for quarterly replenishments of your favourite products and get 20% off your order using the code WTTV. There's even free international shipping to the US Canada,
2: Australia, and the old blighty United Kingdom. So get 20% off your order at manscape.com using the promo code WTTB.
1: That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code WTTV for 20% off your order, your neat and tidy balls. Well, thank you. Do a $25 a month or more Pledge Hammer shout out for all those who very kindly subscribe to our Patreon. If you want to become a pledge hammer and get your own shout-outs and access to loads of exclusive content like my and Luke's a three, three and a bit hour review of WCW oh, yeah. Halloween Havoc 95, which was hella fun to to watch and review. Go Sumo. over to Rock's Patreon page. You've
2: seen wrestling shows, sure. You've seen matches between Hogan and the Giant. Sure. You've seen matches with Lex Luger and Meng. Sure. But have you seen suit like monster trucks on top of a building have a sumo wrestling match? They're welded together, Ollie. And then one of them falls off a building.
1: It's it's wonderful. It's brilliant! It's brilliant! I love it. I genuinely loved it unabashedly. So, so thank you. Here's some cheap pops to our pledge hammers. He's no jackass, Dano. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the Shield Maiden, the Zornice. Thank you. The Rocket, Damn
2: Van Sky. <laughs> Van Sky. The Snapdragon King, Rio Adante. Thank you. Chris Hellfire, Brimstone. Oh, lovely. Jordan, don't you dare call me Mountain Jew. Thank I stole sure not The Hunter,
1: Tyler Bailey. Let's go hunting. <laughs> Groovy, Dylan Powers. Oh, yeah. Duncan, just Duncan.
2: He's Whoop. just Duncan. This is some kind of Patreon shout out. Nate
1: dropped surname. Nice reference. Peter, Fibre, Peter Fiber Brontus. Is that like fiber optic? That's fiber I, sort of. Brantos Brantos?
2: Francis. Fiber Brant. Okay. Hate you meant to explain that one for you. Love it. very good. And lastly for now, he's a sexy man.
0: Sexy man. man.
2: Not an Andrew Gross man. Gross man. man. Oh, Thank absolutely wonderful. Thank you all
0: so much.
1: Let's see what you all thought on last night's episode of Raw. Bacon Rasher says, "Hi lads." So we know, so we now know, T in T bar stands for tap. Hey, Burial all for retribution, like the Ali promo. Big shame about the match.
2: Do you know what I, 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 you said it as well. But Ali's promo, his skill and his promo ability is really good. He is a great, great talent. His biggest problem
1: is he's small, and the company are never going to take him seriously. The, the the really, like, you know, this is a crap storyline, a crap faction that I've never been invested in. But what really, really, like, really saddens me, gets me down, hurts me, is that these are incredibly talented wrestlers in the prime of their lives being wasted. Like, thank God they're behind and under masks, because at <laughs> least they can then redebut, hopefully somewhere else, without all of this stink around them. What? Like, it's better you die, Jack.
2: Donovan Dijak is on Raw at the moment. Like, one of the best guys like from the PWG scene. Donovan Dijak is on the main roster, and he's just tapping out to Lashley in <clears throat> five minutes, clean as a sheet, in a cra- wearing a crap mask, and then being chumpetized by
1: The Fiend shortly thereafter. There's no way they'll do that to Dijakovic. He's tall. There's no way yep. they'll do that to Keith Lee. He's tall and big. I think we can... Put that way of thinking to one side. Now, it's like Vince likes big guys, sure, but it's not like that automatically saves you if you've come from NXT. It's, oh, it's so bad. Uh, Fabio Geronimo, great promo, good looking, incredible wrestler. Could Ali's problem be well ethnic? I, I think it's his size. I think he's just he's a small
2: guy. I, I think that's going to be always be their problem. Like they, you are you are painted with a two hundred five live brush. And Ali is just one of those guys that got painted with a 205 life brush, and that's it. That's your lot in life. Even if you're on Raw, you're still a small guy.
1: Yeah, I don't think we're saying racial bias doesn't exist within WWE and oh, they no. decide to push. But in this case, the, the size is working against him most, I, I would agree. Uh, Lester Wink, 23, Retribution makes me miss Rowan's pet spider. Those were the yeah. days. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure about that one,
2: uh, Lester. I'm not sure. It m- I makes me miss Rowan's pet spider. You want to talk about like long-term storytelling that they were pretending was long-term. What's in the box, long-term storytelling? The answer is, we don't know. And then the answer was, we've revealed it. We don't like it. And now we're forgetting about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Zachary Jenkins. So um, Jack got buried. Mr. Davis, I now know how you feel. And I am also now a Patreon.
2: Ah, well, Thank welcome you. aboard.
1: Jam, jam, jam. jam. Tomo, Tomo's in Tomo! the hey, chat. Where hey, Tomo! Where have you been, Tomo? It's sad that a member of Retribution who wants to destroy <laughs> WWE easily tapped to a full Nelson. Poor.
2: Tomo, Tomo, this group wants to destroy WWE, and WWE's answer to that was to sign them to contracts and then put them in a draft. And then USA Network's decision was to draft that team. The team that wants to destroy this company. Come on now.
1: Have we got a... I've just noticed that there's some form of wrestle talk chat thing going on in the chat. Andy Datson's there. Pete Quinnell's also in here somewhere, apparently. Be gone! Oh, be gone. Do some work. Uh, Charlie Davis says, I thought it was impossible to make Alexa Bliss look bad. But her outfit last night was 2000's Hot Topic Bad. Story is fun, but oh man. Do
2: you know I'm I Someone said that they can't get on board. I think it was on my draft pick video that I did last week, being like, I can't get on with the Alexa Bliss thing. I think she's just really wooden in all of this. And I thought, no, that's unfair. I thought she's been pretty great. And then I saw her on this week's episode where I was like, oh no, she is. She's is pretty
1: <laughs> rubbish at this, actually. Uh, Dajun... Kenny Brew-Boldham. Retribution got Nexus in my eyes. <laughs> so I break up Iconic to put Peyton in a tag team with Lacey. And no, now I lost interest in Keith Lee. Thanks, WWE. Oh, mate, that Peyton Royce thing. That, if it was up to me, that would have been our thumbnail. That would have been, and it would have been the title of the next five videos that we did. That's why you're not in charge. Anton fiend <laughs> the versus all of Retribution, a full-on burial. Yeah. I think yep. we agree with that and vault Knight, uh lastly for now so if slash when retribution and the Theme the picked as team raw <laughs> as team raw for survivor series who is team smackdown <laughs> and why is kevin owens the leader <laughs> crikey um could you imagine
2: raw picking because uh. it's for brand supremacy retribution you've got to be on our side you've got to represent raw it's the most important thing in the world brand loyalty
1: Uh, I don't know, Black, Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, How Will They Coexist, (laughs) Team SmackDown, and Big E, I don't know. Let's do the full play-by-play review of this episode of Raw. It was the season premiere because this was the first episode post-draft. Like I said, new cast of characters, new storylines happening. It was also the go-home episode for Helena Cell to build all of those matches, to hopefully set up some more matches and to give you those cliffhanger angles to make you want to hand over your hard-earned money to get the WWE Network and watch it. And WWE failed massively on both counts. <laughs>
2: yeah they did because there are four matches announced for hell in a cell two of them are raw and one of the raw matches is elias versus jeff hardy like it's there's nothing for lashley there's nothing for asuka there's nothing for the new day your other champions there's nothing for Like a- there's nothing going on like we, we did our predictions video which will be going out later today and we thought what what matches can we predict are going to be on this show couldn't think of a single one. The biggest star on this episode of Raw was bloody Otis, and he's on SmackDown.
1: I didn't mind that though. I thought that was that's what, I'm, that's what I mean.
2: That's what I mean. The only thing I liked on this show was
1: SmackDown's Otis. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a failure on those parts. That sort of will colour uh, our feelings towards this review. You know, if if you take those as the objectives. WWE completely missed the mark. Uh, But they did have a brand new opening video and song because it is a new season. I I could not sing you a single note from this song if my life depended on it. forgettable.
2: I I honestly thought the last song was the most generic song that they could possibly get. And, credit to WWE, they proved me wrong and found one. Even more generic. Nothing against the artist. It just—it's an instantly forgettable song.
1: Yeah. Uh. Uh. uh oh. <laughs> you just, uh, you, almost, uh, you were almost willing uh. that song
2: to get going. You mm. almost
1: be like, "Come on, you—you you can get there. You—if <laughs> you just bit it a little bit faster, you could almost get there." Uh, so the, the opening thing was Alexa Bliss in the ring and The Fiend came out, she introduced him uh, and then Retribution came out and surrounded the ring and then the lights cut off and then The Fiend was no longer there and then The Hurt Business came out for their eight-man tag against Retribution. It was just nonsense. The fakest, phoniest nonsense that makes me embarrassed to watch wrestling.
2: Hey man, how did the commentary team not see Alexa Bliss in the ring? like how did that like they, they were surprised to see her i was like well she's clearly been there all along how did you not spot
1: her uh, well we'll get on to that in the after the main event cliffhanger as well uh which i th- i think is brock lesnar roman reigns stare down holding the titles wrestlemania go home levels of bad oh the wrestling over the belt yes <laughs> give it's mine no it's mine <laughs> Uh, We've got a brief video package of Matt Riddle saying bro a lot. Someone pointed yep. out on Reddit that he has the line, uh, my last name's Riddle, w- which is ironic because I'm hard to figure out. And they pointed that. out, that's not ironic. That that's, <clears throat> that's the opposite of ironic. That's literally, that's literally what your last name means. <laughs> Rough draft. <laughs> Rough draft. Um,
2: it's, bad, it's bad script writing is mm. what it is. Bad script writing.
1: Uh, then we got the hurt business retribution match and burial with the fiend afterwards. Anything you want to say about the actual match? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought Ali looked good. I even wrote in my notes, I think th- I like this new vicious streak the way he's going after Cedric Alexander. <laughs> yeah. It's good, okay.
2: Here's my note good action, but they, there's the, WWE have got this new thing that they really like to do, which is um, that they tease something that's not going to happen in that like so this match goes through a commercial break before you get through before you get to the commercial break the action spills outside all of a sudden the fiend appears on screen you're like oh my god the fiend is coming you better stick around during the ad like after the ads to come back you come back there's no fiend that the match is still just going on so it's it's just a false tease and they've been doing this a lot on SmackDown as of late. You know, like Alexa Bliss was having a match with Lacey Evans and all of a sudden The Fiend is like, wree, wree. the Fiend's coming, the Fiend's coming. Ad break. <gasps> no, no, no. It's just Alexa Bliss getting worked over still. Mm. So it's just these false teasers which just and then just
1: makes the actual reveal
2: feel less impactful.
1: Yeah, that's a good point actually, yeah. Because Fiend would come out later but it was didn't really, it would have been better if they didn't have that little foreshadowing note. Uh, after that we got aj styles versus matt riddle aj styles new season season 160 of raw aj styles now has a bodyguard yep
2: he has got a big bodyguard raw underground's closed so the lab needed work uh and he got he got work he got a name bar but the commentators clearly did not know his name because they just kept looking like yeah the the big guy that uh, The big chap with AJ Styles
1: Chap over there wearing, wearing the jeans I think that's Vince's direction They know his name is Jordan Ogobahen I, onos- I honestly don't know I'm, I I'm afraid I day. don't know It's Jordan Hard for Ollie to pronounce last name I The think, big ninja Yeah, I think McMahon is going No, 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 don't call him by his name Say he's the big guy The big guy <laughs> in the ring we haven't got Ryback anymore. We could use mm. that one. Uh, or Ryback might change his name now to stop them from doing. <laughs> the it. This match, you know, it's Matt Riddle versus AJ Styles. And on paper, great, obviously. And when they were in the ring together, they had decent stuff. But it never got beyond a basic level because this wasn't a match about AJ Styles. It wasn't a match about Matt Riddle. A huge potential... Opportunity there to get Riddle over to the Raw audience. I know it's the same as the SmackDown audience, but you know, this is a time to freshen up people's characters, renew their pushes. It is a bit like a clean slate, but the entire match was designed around look at the big guy. And Matt Mm -hmm. Riddle lost because the big guy didn't even touch him. He was just nearby. That freaked Riddle out, got hit by a Styles clash to lose.
2: Yeah, didn't make Matt look particularly great. Didn't think it made AJ look particularly great either. I missed Joseph Parks. I mean, I know there was the report Mm. that AJ was going to get a second, but I kind of wish it was Joseph Parks, to be honest. Um, Yeah, commentary as well. The the, the other running theme for the commentary in this is making it feel like this is a big deal for the, uh, the season premiere. And Tom Phillips told us, this is a first time ever match on Raw. Because these two have already faced each other on SmackDown, but because it's on Raw, it's new. And we had this later on with the Kofi Sheamus match. They're like, "This is the first time in nine years that these two have wrestled on Raw." And I'm like, "Mate, they had so many tag matches against the mm-hmm. bloody bar. Like it was never ending that tag season. They've, they've wrestled quite a
1: lot there, Todd." It's yeah. It that those are the sorts of lines you give a heel commentator. It's it, it just. Robs the the play by play guy of any credibility, it's awful. Um the yeah, also so- turns out
2: uh, turns out the big guy's really good at solving riddles. Which is just you look at him. He's he's actually quite easy to work out. Just be tall, just be taller than him and look at him.
1: He's more like a magic eye, not a riddle. <laughs> but I, I you know, for for the big guy's performance, I thought he actually carried himself quite well when he was outside at the end. He sort of just slowly pointed for Riddle to get back in the ring. And it, that, that was pretty cool, but overall, like, where's where's the biggest potential here? Probably Matt Riddle, and you just you are flattening them out. Yeah, but I think we're getting Drew AJ
2: next. Like, I think mm. like Drew AJ makes the most sense. So you've got to give AJ the win.
1: Uh, yeah, but then give AJ a strong win. I don't want to see Drew go up against AJ and this giant guy. I want to, but see... it was
2: about getting, the, but it's about getting the giant over.
1: Oh my god. Um, Drew McIntyre then told Charlie Caruso that he'll show up for Randy's message from hell promo. I bet that will deliver. Lana took on Asuka for the Raw Women's title. Uh, Lana actually cut some really good promos on social media over the weekend, none of which were used here. Uh, uh, and, And, you know, bloody, I got sucked in again. I got sucked in again. They reported, Luke. They reported that WWE were going to give Lana a babyface push. They think that Lana is their next mega babyface after she won the Battle Royal last week. Oh, God, she lost mate. in two minutes and then got put through a table by Nia Jax again. How did you buy it, mate? How did you buy into it? Just an optimistic son of a bitch. <laughs>
2: And I do, and I love that about you, man. And I love your level of optimism. But I don't think you were looking at that entire RAW roster and thought, "Hey, do you know who our next big breakout babyface star is?" It's Lana.
1: Well, no, I I didn't think that. But I think WWE might be stupid enough to to push her over. You know, people who can actually competently wrestle.
2: Dude, Peyton Peyton Royce. Vince is high on Peyton Royce backstage. He's now on a tag team with Lacey Bloody Evans, a tag team that doesn't get on for the record.
1: Yeah. Ah, well, anyway, I actually quite liked Lana and Asuka's interaction for the two minutes they had. I thought they'd obviously worked very hard on it. Lana did some kicks, there was some good dodges in there, but she tapped out in in minutes. Isa and Jacks turn up. Jax puts Lana through a table. Fifth week running now. I incorrectly said four weeks <sighs> on on the review earlier. Which you know these these table spots. Five weeks now. Just so happens to coincide with when Rusev turned up in AEW and when Lana got her bang energy deal on social media, which was reportedly one of the straws that broke the camel's back of WWE deciding to own all of those Twitch and Instagram accounts.
2: Yeah, hey, did you see that report that came out as well? That like Big E was making sixty grand a month from cameo, so like, you get, no hell. wonder, no wonder WWE were trying to squash that.
1: Oh, Stop getting yourself oh, it's over. So bad. It's so bad. Um, yes after that Shayna and Jax cut a promo about how they're the best in the women in the singles or tag women's divisions and that brought out a slew of blonde women and Ruby Riot who's got green hair so we got Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke their one team Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce and yeah. the Riot squad for a match and it was okay you know everyone just hitting moves went was over very quickly Nia Jax won now, yeah. tell us about Peyton Royce.
2: So this wasn't a title match. They they told that at the, the top of the thing that this wasn't for the titles. This was just a four-way match. First point of this, one of these teams is on SmackDown. Um, SmackDown's Ruby Wright and Liv Morgan. And Tom Phillips had the audacity on the Raw episode to be like, hey, why not SmackDown stars? Because this is Raw, Tom. And we're supposed to be pretending that this brand split matters, you div. Why not, SmackDown guys? Hey, eh? why not? Uh... Act- uh... Actively telling you that it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, Fate and Royce, they split up the Iconics. Why? Who knows? But they split up the Iconics, then they had a match, and then Billy Kay was her second. Then they had another match on main event. So they didn't really know, are they split up? Are they friends? Are they this or are they that? Now they've been split into different brands. You're like, okay, cool. So this is because they're looking, we had that report. Hey, Vince really likes her backstage. Our own Louis Dangor. everyone is high on Peyton Royce backstage. Everyone really, really likes her. She's heading for a singles push. What do we got on this episode? No, she's just tagging. She's in a new tag team now with Lacey Evans. And you could make the argument it's not really a tag team, but they did a tag team entrance. They had a choreographed tag team entrance. And they're a tag team that don't get on. Brilliant. Because we've already got that with the bloody champions. We don't need another tag team that's not getting on. So you split up the Iconics just to put her in a different tag team. She's Cesaro. This is, mm. this is Cesaro's WWE career. We're splitting up this tag team, uh, Tony but we're just going to put you in a different tag team. Is that all right? You will get a tag title run, but it will mean nothing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I took from it that she's, this is just a tag team thrown together for the purposes of the match, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Great division. After that, we got Elias coming out to perform songs from his forthcoming album to be released next Monday. Universal truth. And I thought foolish of me, I'm looking forward to this. I loved Elias's old heel songs that he used to do. Sure, he won't have the crowd to feed off, but hey, he's gonna have written some funny heel songs like I'm the best, Jeff Hardy smells. I don't know, I like musical comedy. That's not what they did. Elias just came out and did a crap gig with crap generic songs, more generic than the raw opening music. For, t- for like six minutes.
2: Yeah, he played two songs. He threatened to play a third. It's do you know what? It's not half bad. You know, it's generic. Don't get me wrong. It's it's your mum's new favourite uh, album to put on the car while she's doing the uh, the the run to pick up the kids in the shopping and what. But it's um, it, it, it's 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 useful. But do you know what? The band are competent. He's a pretty comp- He's a good guitar player. He's a decent enough singer. He just played some songs that's it he's got a new album out well, well done him
1: they went through that why isn't this a heel
2: album <laughs> why aren't these heel songs because he wanted to write an actual album and he wanted to release some actual songs no. and, he, WWE, and wwe have given him the uh, the platform for him to write some songs and release an album elias is releasing an album next monday and it's just a an actual album really well, yeah, like uh, clearly, that's what he's been doing with his time off, right? Do like, you this know? Is just have an- you
1: read this somewhere? Have you read no, this, or are you just assuming? These, well, these are two
2: regular ass songs, right? So, like,
1: so, so Elias must have written them.
2: Well, I mean, I don't know if he wrote them himself, but I would, I would imagine it's a passion project of his.
1: Dude, but they were regular st- on the- There's so much stuff that WWE don't put on their shows. That's to really good the that their talent do. Why would they choose this <laughs> to promote the album? Maybe they've
2: got it's an investment in the album. The album. <laughs> Maybe they've got an investment in the album sales. I don't know.
1: Maybe they've got they've put money in every into Every Twitch this. and Cameo account at the moment. Yes, yeah, so and they'll probably be
2: promoting those on Raw soon enough. <gasps> hey, we were plugging up, up, down, down, getting like a million
1: subscribers and whatnot. This is funny. I- I'm, dude, I'm, I'm... if dude, if this <laughs> dude, oh, Is this the this... segment that's broken me? I've been holding it together until now This is really This is really genuinely annoying Dude, if this wasn't
2: A real album full of real songs That he wanted to do They'd be comedy heel songs, right? But they're not They're generic real ass songs So it must just be something that he wanted to do well, And WWE yeah. And WWE like it And they like
1: him and they're giving him a shot for the purpose of my mental health we're gonna move on. <laughs> because i actually liked a few of the next segments uh tucker oh, challenged miz and morrison backstage uh which made tucker look a bit lame but he has to go find a mystery tag team partner for later on kofi kingston uh came out with xavier woods uh and then seamus interrupted them calling them two turds of the new day like turds which yeah was very funny. good and they had a they had a decent match you know it's kofi and seamus but the cool thing was biggie was in the in the thunderdome crowd g- given that power of positivity which helped kofi win mm-hmm. yeah and
2: this was a really good <laughs> match actually really really good match we've not seen it in nine years so you'd expect it to be uh, to be pretty good pretty special but they went out they went a long time kofi at the trouble in paradise from out of nowhere decent stuff I suppose next week or maybe even this Sunday, Sheamus will find a brand new tag partner to uh, go after the new day and get their tag belts. Who could it I th- be?
1: I think it'll be Cesaro because why not <laughs> SmackDown? Why why not have SmackDown stars on on Raw? Why why not? Maybe he, they can say that he's actually
2: signed a brand new contract that allows him to be a tag team with Sheamus on Raw and a tag team with Nakamura on SmackDown. And it's just a quarterly brand invitational thing. Then we got the Ali promo. Could be Elias. He's got an album to promote.
1: Then we got the Hurt Business uh, joking around with Titus O'Neil, who wanted to join them, uh, offered his worldwide services. Uh, They beat him up instead. So their heels... Uh, But then we got undoubtedly an actual shining light, uh, an island of of genuine pro wrestling goofiness that connected completely in an absolute sea of crap. And that was Miz and Morrison versus Tucker and Tucker's mystery opponent, who he built up that he had to scour the entire world. He went from east to west, looked up and down. And his partner is El Gran Gordo, which was Otis in a pink gimp mask, lucha mask and a cape (laughs) and
2: (laughs) I believe as well it's the same pink mask and cape that Mickey James used as um, La Luchadora.
1: Oh brilliant that's very fun. Which is why it didn't Uh, fit very well. But Otis and he's even holding the the lunchbox money in the bank briefcase and Miz says we know that's Otis. (laughs) He's he's even carrying the briefcase and and just Otis is just sort of saying in the background throughout all of this, real bad Spanish, without <laughs> a slightest attempt at an accent. It's like, uh, me, hablo, no miser, Morrison. I, yeah. I, I, would, I found this actually really, really amusing, although I could have just lost my mind. I don't know. This could be Stockholm Syndrome I'm exhibiting now. Uh, I am
2: going to answer this question here. This is from uh, Tex even says, How do you know it was Otis? He never unmasked. I could tell you how we know it was Otis because Tom Phillips, the big jerk, just said, well, That's Otis. We all know that's Otis. So I was like, Play along, Tom. Come on, mate. We're baby faces having a laugh here, mate. Play along. We're supposed to be making the heels look like divs i just go like, I mean, although it's very clearly it's just Otis in a mask. Oh, come on, Tom. Be a pe-
1: be a pal, will you? Hey, he's meant to be in SmackDown, though, isn't he? <laughs> why not why, why not Smackdown why not? guys Is this, it's the season premiere of Raw
2: why not Smackdown guys hey why not <laughs> maybe that should be a new series we could do I honestly would not be against El Grand Gordo being a character on Raw and Otis being a character on Smackdown
1: I could totally be on board with it I'd absolutely mm. love that I'd be so on board for it so the match was really funny as well. They worked this very well as a comedy match. There's this great, great spot where, where Al Grand Gordo got up to the bottom rope and did a really clumsy, heavy arm drag. And it was just like, lucha! And I got it so really, really, liked it. really, really like it. I really, really liked this. Uh, but then our truth ran through. It was so good. Even our truth needlessly running through, didn't ruin it for me. And this distracted Miz long enough for Otis to hit the Caterpillar and win.
2: Yeah, and it's uh, you know, we've now got two new additions to the twenty four seven title picture in Grand Metalik and um the other one that's not Callisto, what's his name? Lince, Lince, Dorado. Lince Dorado. Yeah. And I did very much recognise them stopping to look at El Gran Gordo and almost give him a little nod of recognition to be like, I know you. Would have been See, so much better if if Todd Phillips hadn't have just gone like, <laughs> but we all know. We all know it's Otis under under the mask.
1: Dick. Why not though? Uh, well, after not? that, we got Mandy celebrating with Otis and the New Day backstage. That was cute. Uh, then we got the Fiend's Firefly Funhouse debuting the latest character. It, it's Alexa Bliss.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Alexa so Bliss. Now... Dude, the biggest part of this is he brought out the Crucix from the, mm-hmm. the Randy Orton feud. The crucix is back on in WWE. It's back in WWE lore. The crew six is back. This is the biggest bit of news, which means that uh, surely we are leading into a
1: Randy Orton feud, right? He looked at it, didn't he? And then just was like, "Yeah." Hmm. And that's—I hmm. didn't think of that actually. That's a really uh, good point. Yeah, if Fiend and Braywire, of course, aren't ones to drop little bits like that without follow-up and intention, so you would—you would presume. But at the same time, they had a Paul Heyman character that just a few weeks ago. That, hey, that—that was. That, that that it wasn't his fault, though, was it? It wasn't
2: his fault. No, they no, got fault. it's not their fault. Though.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying it's Pete's fault, Luke.
2: No, you're right. I'm yeah, saying
1: yeah. WWE could just change their plans, dude. No,
2: no, sorry. It's your fault that that we can't do long-term storytelling.
1: It's also our fault about Keithley. Uh yeah. So
2: I feel bad on this one, man, because I was with you. I was with you all the way on this. I thought, there's no way. There is absolutely no way that Keith Lee is going to come up onto the main roster with, sure, the music is bad. Sure, the gear's rubbish. But he's in a feud with Randy Orton. He beat Randy Orton on his pay-per-view debut in like six minutes. There's no way they're just going to give up on him. More fool. Me, more for me, man, more for us, and more for anyone who believes that he may have a shot.
1: Yeah, I I said in my video earlier that effectively, I didn't say I told you so, but I said I told you so for all the retribution fans who were excited about Ali's involvement as a leader. But then later on, I was like, "But I hold up my hands." I that the same thing happened to me with Keith Lee. We were we were here saying. Defending him, that WWE obviously had plans for him. He's gone straight into the main event title mix. <sighs> Just it is, it is so sad. Mm-hmm. Like you know, yeah. we can we can comically over exaggerate our hate for Elias gimmicks and and bits like that. But at the end of the day, we all as wrestling fans, we really love these wrestlers and. You know, kind of idolise them With fans And then to see WWE ruin them Like so carelessly, So lazily is It hits me in the core
2: Do you know what the worst thing about this is? This counts against uh, Keith Lee's win-loss record (laughs) (laughs) He's got a big L now He's got a big L on his win-loss record (laughs) a (laughs) bitch (laughs)
1: <laughs> After that unsanctioned match last week. Well, you know, at least it's only yeah. one, hey? At least it's hey, only it, well, one.
2: It got a lot in the sort of uh, no contest column, though. A lot of
1: draws. So what happened here? Braun Strowman took on uh, Keith Lee. They had two minutes of back and forth. Keith Lee did some a few power spots. Braun Strowman was selling his ribs from his Friday match against Roman Reigns. But then ultimately Braun Strowman... Backheaded, Keith Lee in the nuts. He was sort of on his knees. Keith had him in the spirit bomb position, and one just whacked his head up in full view of the referee, and then pinned Keith Lee immediately. And the poor commentators, I I don't see anything wrong with this. One two three, and then you know it was pretty cool afterwards. Uh, Keith Lee just went right up to Braun and kicked him in the dick really hard and that that didn't look badass, but the damage was done.
2: Yeah, poor commentators, man, who had to be like I mean, the referee was out of position and clearly didn't see it. It was like, no, he had full view absolutely full view of what was going on made everyone look like a complete dunderhead. Oh man, not good not good at all. Poor Keith
1: Lee I don't even want to talk about it it's, no. this one, it makes actually makes me
2: sad, yeah, yeah, really, really upset me.
1: Uh, and finally, the main event segment was Randy Orton in the red cell. I forgot that it was red, that's <laughs> he's ah. sitting in there. He cuts a decent promo actually, talking about all the moments he's had in Hell in a Cell, who he's beaten, the titles he's picked up. When he earned the Undertaker's respect, he was like, Right there, that's where I pinned Daniel Bryan, or That's where I pinned so and so. And then Drew came out, couldn't get in the cell. Obviously, Randy's laugh at him. So Drew produces bolt cutters. Now Randy's scared. He gets back in the ring. Drew opens the cell door, gets inside, closes the door, and then says something to the effect of, "You're trapped in here with me now." And then the show ends. Mm-hmm. And I was so, like, but, just, "Hey, oh, dude, it's
2: it's oh, man, it's fine. Better tune into Raw Talk
1: because surely, like, the action's going to continue on, right?" That's not what happened. Uh, you go, because I was, I was the same. I was like, okay, so there's a follow-up angle on Raw Talk, right? It's weird they didn't push the network more to watch that. I go over to Raw Talk, and the cell is empty. You can, you, you know, the, the shot is at Caruso and R-Truth, and you can see the cell in the background. There's no one there. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like, pure, pure, this company. How can you be so just cavalier and disrespectful anyone who wants to actually believe in these stories and characters? Yeah, because
2: the director said cut and they stopped what they were doing and they left the ring because a new show's got to start and we need to cut to that action instead. I did not like this ending. This did like and this was, you know, it's not been a great build towards Hell in a Cell either. And it, it's remarkable they've done so little around the fact that Orson pinned him. Like he's mentioned it in promos, but it doesn't feel like that's the driving force of this feud, which it really should be that Randy's now got his number. Yeah, sure, he's beaten me twice on pay-per-view before, but this time, this time you won't have legends backing you up, and this time I've already pinned you. I'm in your head, and we're in a structure that I'm very, very familiar with, and you're not. That is the story you could have been t- you could have been telling. It's not the story they've told. In fact, they've told no story. It's been night vision goggles. And then a closing segment, which was just, Drew walks into the cell, and that is it.
1: Load of crap. I gave it a bore. I gave it a, sorry, a bore. I gave it one out of five. I always say, mean to give it the lowest rating. It doesn't have to be just bad. It has to be actively damaging to stuff. And they went all out on this episode. Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, Retribution, all of the stories and feuds. Like, why would anyone watch this show if they oh, weren't, yeah. if they didn't have to for their jobs?
2: Yeah. <laughs> we and we get that question a lot. You know, if you if this wasn't your job, would you be watching this show? Absolutely not. I'd have probably watched this season premiere because it's the new start and I'd have realized, ah, oh, it's the same crap we've been seeing, you know, for the entire year. Pass, thanks.
1: I'll yeah. tune back in for Survivor Series, maybe Royal Rumble. Yeah,
2: because brand uh, loyalty well- gets me hard.
1: So, last call for super chats. Oh my, we've got a bunch of them. So let's speed through these. J Bigger three one three. So USA Network is behind Retribution. I thought it was going to be Adam Pearce, so maybe. The Jam one, Ryan B. Jam. Retribution now look as rubbish as the Oli Authority does. Did somewhat like did somewhat like the Elias concert. And got a laugh out of the Grand Gordo thing. Uh, how dare you, Ryan. The Oli Authority reigns supreme. Job at JTJ496. So the final segment on the Go Home Show is a door being open. New Japan should follow suit. LOL. Very good. So how's that Keith Lee main event push going?
2: Oh mate, there's a lot of like humble pie for us to be tucking into here, Tucker eating oh, into, if you
1: will. I, it is not tasty. Like oh, I don't like uh, this one at all. Nate Est, surely Helena Cell opens with Orton and Drew already in the cell for their <laughs> match continuity. Can't believe beat Lee and gave Peyton a rebound partner. Oh mate, so sad. Like that idea, though. Shower Lurker. I told you about Keith, and you two laughed at me. Hands up. Hey, uh, if we laughed, dude, I'm so, so sorry. Man, that
2: is... I I had so much confidence, though. I thought, if there's anyone, if there's anyone, it can't be
1: Keith. Bacon Rasher. Are Keith and Braun going for a you-know-what kick storyline? Oh, God, not again. Also, please sync the banners next time, lads. Lol. Wrestle, wrestle, wrestle talk. JTJ. I think that's
2: yeah it's it's not quite synced but i can't move mine over any further so you'd have to do yours um because i'm right next to my window now but uh what was the actual sort of question in there oh yeah i would think
1: the next storyline
2: yeah i hope do you remember that bit in uh brooklyn nine nine when uh hitchcock and scully have to fake a fight so they're just 69 each other punching each other in the nads. that's mm. what i want the the the, the, the <laughs> braun Strowman keith lee
1: for you to just be like their next match it's just them on the floor 69, punching each other in the dick. James Dobinson, I know not everyone is sold on it, but it feels to me like Alexa Bliss has completely rejuvenated The Fiend and made him relevant again. Loving it. I loved it last week. Uh, I wasn't as keen on it this
2: week, but I'm still like, I'm more into it. I'm more into The Fiend now. I am i haven't been this much into The Fiend since last year, like before Hell in a Cell last year. I'm not at that same level of like, oh man, he's the greatest thing. But I'm so much more invested in The Fiend now than I am like his feud with Braun, the, blue universal, title, the, the universal title run that he had, the,
1: the second blue universal title run. Yeah, I'm more into him now, absolutely. Greg Anderson, now that Alexa is with The Fiend, do you think Bray will bring out the alter ego in her as well and she will get a mask like The Fiend?
2: certainly possible. Apparently, um, Alexa Bliss, like someone pointed out, that there's been like an Alexa Bliss, like fiend figure, like mm. on the set before. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's certainly possible. I was surprised that she what she's not like a Mister uh Mister Rogers, like type oh, yeah. character in the Funhouse. I was fully expecting her to be one, but she just came
1: out being like, "No, I'm, I'm still Alexa Bliss here." Bacon Rasher, hi lads, I really like the Brave, Fiend, Bliss stuff, but think Otis being the best thing on Raw really does show the sad state of WWE right now. Jam that jam. They almost need a draft to uh, address <clears throat> the roster imbalance. Tony Rose, what is gained by individual for donating? Just wondering. Love the Fiend, Brave, Bliss storyline. Money, show me damn money and merchandise. Uh, you mean for Super Chats?
0: It's just sure. a way
1: to get your message uh, read out by us. Tony yeah. uh, venom kitsetsu mankind's claw worked on a full mass cane what are the rules well at least he had a little slip uh kevin commentary kind of pissed me off by referring to big jordan as this uh huge man guy large human being bodyguard when we already know his name they just look stupid as always
2: you want to talk about looking stupid, Byron Saxon at the end of that match was like, huh, so is this new guy an associate of AJ Styles? I'm like, <laughs> what
1: do you think, Byron? He's been out there the entire time, you div. Ben Crossley, you guys keep saying that drafting Kofi and Woods makes no sense, but Raw drafted the tag champions. I guess that's how they justify it.
2: No, dude, it doesn't make sense because they they had the option to draft New Day as a complete package
1: and they chose not to. There's no logic behind that. Hmm. KML, my new favourite wrestler, is undrafted Cian Almas. Apparently oh, he's got nice. some minor surgery, so he'll be out for a month. Bo Hill, every they drafted time I think... Charlotte? Yeah, but she's important, Luke. Oh, okay. Uh, Bow Hill, every time I see John Morrison, I just get sad and pissed at how wasted he has been. He should be a title contender, not the Miz's sidekick. Said this in my, review, in my video I did last week.
2: I'd much rather babyface Morrison going after the Hurt Business and feuding with um, Bobby Lashley than I am him just being a dickhead with Miz as a, a dickhead Miz and their team of dickheads.
1: The legit man. Will Elias and Hardy have rock off? I hope so. I hope that's a segment next week. <clears throat> Echo? Nah, man. I like the actual songs. We're well, good in my opinion. Well, Here you go, title to your opinion. Duff's 101. Simple question. Does Vince legit think all wrestling fans are stupid? Yes, I yes. think it comes from the the days of the promotion business. You know, you go, that's why yeah. we're called Marks, that we are Marks yeah. to con, to, yeah. to trick into thinking that this is a real fight. It's not a term um, of endearment. We have made it a term of endearments to ourselves, but Vince just thinks we are complete morons. Omega works. I just want to know where these ideas come from and who the hell signs off on them. Is it really Vince thinking they are good ideas? Yes, he's he's the guy at the top. Yeah, Injection Two K. I've actively got tired of WWE. It's hard for me to stop watching, but I know I really need to. I'm too fatigued at this point. Oh yeah, I mean everyone has
2: that problem. I, I think a lot of people have got that issue. It's just like oh, I've been doing. It. We actually had a, a Patreon mailbag about this a little while back. It's just not like, I've been watching this for 30 plus years of my life. Like it's actively hard for me to not watch it. Like what am I supposed to do if I
1: don't watch it? Uh, Mark Flay I watched raw last night because I couldn't go to sleep that was a mistake might be the worst wrestling show I have ever seen it's up there
2: yeah 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 you yeah, may yeah, yeah, you say it yeah
1: Nathan o raw a product not even the Miz can save <laughs> give it a few weeks or months though because mm-hmm. he does weirdly turn stuff around Zachary Jenkins Mr Davis what What meant by I know how you feel is WWE has shattered the feeling of optimism for me, so let's go AEW NXT. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Can't get invested in stuff. Uh, Gavin White, you guys forget WWE forgets how to book after Survivor Series. Or maybe that SummerSlam. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, they've got the Survivor Series stuff and the draft, which are kind of the same thing. It, It just... Yeah. Nate S... I tried, I watched first 20 minutes of Raw and decided that I was much better off having you tell me what happened. Why did The Fiend come out at the open? Just a random plot device. Yeah. Yeah. He's the top pick on Raw. That's exactly what it is. Kevin, I sent you a mail weeks ago talking about how I was done with Raw and SmackDown. I gave it another shot after SummerSlam, but Raw is just as bad. I'll stick to SmackDown. SmackDown's a good show, man. Uh, job at JTJ496 again. Remember last year when Seth was crying in the corner? Oh, mate. But it's our, it's our fault that he had to turn heel. <laughs> Tornicade. Perhaps The Fiend should feud with the writers and Vince and change them into a competent writing team. We can only hope.
2: Uh, The legit man said, It's a little early, but who do you think will be the next Royal Rumble winner? Big E Langston uh, on the men's side of things and Bianca Belair on the women's. I'll say Edge and Charlotte Flair. Oh, for God's sake. I mean, you actually might be on the side with Charlotte there. Marquise Edwards, if WWE manages to get The Rock versus Roman for Mania, do you think we could possibly see Styles versus The Undertaker again for his official? retirement match who do you think will take the title off of drew we've had the official retirement match that was the boneyard or the bone Ma- the boneyard match rather the uh the good brothers quizzlemania tag champions the good brothers have actually coined boneyard as their own thing now um and stop my belts thanks blomps um but yeah so i think we have had the official retirement of the undertaker um and yeah i don't know who's gonna take the title off drew at this point randy probably brock brock uh, Charlie Davis, I'm terrified about Adam Cole being moved to the main roster in any way. All I want at this point is him to go home to his elite family.
1: Yeah, I don't think you can be excited about any main roster call-up now. Amro, do you think WWE actively puts
2: fake news out there to make news sites look bad, like the news about the Lana push? Yes, Yes and yes, I I had this whole conspiracy theory about this last year. That I think that melt was fed duff information about the crown jewel uh, plane being grounded, so that they could actively say he's a bad reporter and they could discredit all of the other news
1: about it. It was the rah speech.
2: Yeah, the rah speech. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Yeah, um Isaac Merriweather, do you think that Shane O'Mac would benefit the wrestlers if he was in a creative role? Uh, Raw Underground says otherwise.
1: Well, he, you know, he's doing creative. He helped book the Royal Rumble match this year. He's been involved in a few other things. So, yeah, but limited. He's not the saviour everyone thinks he is. I've, I'd said it on the
2: video last week, but I'd really like him to be the manager of Dabakato and Antara Ruas as a tag team. Like, just give them a purpose. And I think him as a ma- manager might actually help them. Uh, ben- uh, Benjamin John Milne says, can't help but see WWE now and not compare it to the cringy 2K20 <sighs> DLC. Speaking of games, thoughts on the All-Star-style New Japan game? Uh, if, that, if that's the... I've I actually played... If it's a recent one, I've not played it. I haven't
1: played a new game in about five years at this point. I am playing Hades and I want to get back to it.
2: (laughs) Injection says, um, oh yeah, good morning, you guys. How are you? I'm very well,
1: thanks, Injection. Yeah,
2: doing very well, mate. Uh, Jose Vasquez, Mr. Davis was right. Mr. Davis knows all. All hail the all authority. Shame on the good brothers not uh, knowing how many rounds there are. It's also a good strategy, but WAP is still a banger. Absolutely. It is a banging track, mate. (laughs) It's it makes crude. You want to Get rowdy. It makes you want to get rowdy. Angel Perez, still don't uh, get got on phenomena. Still don't oh, saw don't get got on phenomena and purchased it for Halloween party and it was loads of fun. Also, where's my t-shirt? I ordered it
1: three months ago. Oh, if that's the case, uh email um well, email me, uh, Ollie at wrestletalk.com.
0: Yes, should should have
1: arrived. Also, there should be a dedicated customer service team there for you as well. Yeah, or Indeed, yeah, send yeah. an email, com. On the other subject, though,
2: Don't Get Got is fantastic. We played it at Christmas, um, and we had it, like, running over five days. Oh, it's so, so good. It's so much fun. Um, Zabis says, how about an NXT recap in four minutes on a weekly basis, Oliver Davis?
1: Well, that's actually more work. Um, <clears throat> so I, you know, if, if you noticed, I do the majority. It's one person doing the news videos these days because we're doing it from our front rooms and not in the office and one of us can't watch aew and nxt in time and get the the news out in time yeah i'm sorry everyone's suggestions that i've seen and i've seen plenty i've thought of them all already and (gasps) unfortunately we can't make them work Zach Robinson. Afternoon, gents. Just received a Jam That Jam patch to
2: sew on the arm of my denim jacket. Can't wait to explain the niches of references <laughs> to people. Question for Ollie. How many rounds were there to roll this week? Small Afro Games. Jaron Walker. Love you guys. Been a rough week. Crittle and I broke up last week. Thanks for being the distraction I Aww. need. That's been a long term romance on the, uh, the podcast yeah. side of things we had. They met through this podcast. I'm sorry to hear
1: that, Jaron.
2: It is sad. Uh, Stu, where's calling spots? I actually enjoyed that series. Returns tomorrow, Stu. Um, and what's the lineup for this Sunday's live reactions? It's me and Pete. Pete is dressed up as Nikki Bella because this guy absolutely crapped out in the drafts the other week. So Pete's got to dress up as Nikki Bella for it. And I'm putting my championship on the line against Mr. Davis. Our predictions
1: for Hell in a Cell will be going up later today. And uh, Louis Dangor will be live streaming that as well. Uh, hoping to recruit him to the All authority, you know, now he's on Wrestling mm. Daily Cracker 9123 we'll listen later as I'm a
2: podcast listener, I haven't watched Raw Smackdown since Jinder Mahal became WWE champion, that's when I had enough you guys kept me filming, hashtag G1 Climax, hashtag AW.
1: now is not the time to pick up Raw and Smackdown again, <laughs> it's, it's worse I'd say it's worse, Smackdown you'll, you'll do better off with
2: I've got two bits of misheard lyrics that I want to go with you uh, today.
1: But before we do that, how was your weekend, mate? Uh, yeah, it was good. I watched The Fly for the first time <gasps> ever. What, the, the Goldblum Fly? Goldblum
2: Fly. Oh, mate, it's... I mean, I, I, I'm so excited to hear your thoughts on
1: this. Before I, like, before I put my cards out on the table, what did you think of it? Blew my mind. I went in expecting... You know, because a lot of Cronenberg's work around that time is is a bit incoherent and I love it. Like I love, I love Videodrome. I, I love Scanners. I love Dead Ring. Well, Dead Ring is okay, it's a bit boring in parts. Mm. Uh, the Brood, I just like Cronenberg in general, but weirdly I just never seen his most famous film arguably. Uh, but we're doing, did I tell you we're doing a film club? you know a bunch of my mates from home. Uh, oh, cool. Every two weeks, genius idea this is. We each get to pick a film, but you're not allowed to have seen the film. It's not like a thing where you just go, hey, watch this film that I really like because you come with so much baggage. You're afraid of offending someone who doesn't like it. Uh but this way, everyone it's like a level playing field of thoughts. And like it's some mm-hmm. don't one feels attached to it. Um and, and I chose the fly because I'd never seen it before. And we're doing it on Wednesday, like an analyzing it. And yeah, I I was I was fully expecting like a bit of a not low rent, but just a bit of a mishmash, 80 schlock. Yeah, but what I got was, and this is high praise because I think John Carpenter's the thing is legit top top ten of all time. It's it's the thing levels of great. Oh yeah, it's
2: it's a masterpiece, man. Mm-hmm. It's just it's every time I watch it. I I just think it gets better and better every time I see it. I just find some new wrinkle to absolutely fall in love with. The heartbreak finale of this, when it just lifts the gun up. Oh man, like it gets me every single time. It's just it's so heartbreaking. Gina Davis is, is like. Absolutely phenomenal in it as well. She's so so great. Is that the moment that always really strikes me? Because it is like it's quite gross at times. Mm. It's, it's really gross at times. But when she comes around and he's like really quite he's quite far into his Brundlefly transformation, and he just throws up onto his food in front of her. And she looks like really weirded out. And he just goes "Look, goes, Oh, sorry. Yeah,
1: it's uh I've got to do this. Uh, I'm not used to people being around here. Do you want to try a gobblem version of that line? We had someone submit the Was it Jurassic Park Goldblum?
2: Yeah, it was Lost World uh, Goldblum like, yeah. With all the the
1: running and the
2: Screaming <laughs> <laughs> I, But um... here,
1: yes, he's very still Goldblum, very full Goldblum It's almost like a comedic performance But it is, it's like Mad scientist levels of uncomfortable Like it, yeah. it, I, When the film started, I thought No way is he going to be able to maintain Goldblum levels of weirdness and make this not make this serious but he, oh, everything works everything brilliant film
2: i uh, i went to a screening back in the days when you used to be able to go to the cinema screens that were like filled to capacity and they would hold q a sessions and it was really really fun because people weren't worried about stuff but i went to A Q&A screening with david Kep, who wrote jurassic park um, for Spielberg uh, after the, the Crichton book, and one of the questions that was asked of him is, "How did you script Jeff Goldblum to do that laugh? You know that laugh just probably like it's very good. What a great film that is. Anyway, mm. um, yeah, that's also a very very fun little club you've got there, mate. I may steal that idea. You're welcome my to friends on board. Um, that's a good one,
1: mate. How was your weekend?
2: Um, my weekend was mostly uneventful, really. Mm-hmm. Didn't really do a, a great deal. Next weekend, we're hoping to go pumpkin picking, but it's a bit up in the air at the moment because we're not entirely sure about sort of the tier two lockdown stuff of whether
1: we're allowed to. I mean, it is outside to go mm. and meet friends. Well, like, the problem is in tier two part nine forward slash eight, it actually uh, rules you out from going near any of the major squash families. Oh, yeah, so man, yeah. pumpkin picking's out. I'm afraid if 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 we get to that level. But before we get to that level, I believe the gopher has got to come out before dawn. Right. Okay. Mm.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, do you know what? It, it it is clear. It is it is really clear. You can
1: you, you can level way. many criticisms at the government's handling of the coronavirus pandemic, but one thing you can't fault them for is a clarity of message.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I- I've got nothing but positive things to say about how clear oh. the messages have oh. been. Can't say positive. It's a bit no, too, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, too, it's too soon. Too soon. <sighs> right, I've got, uh, we got quite a lot of misheard lyrics in. I went through all of them that you've you sent us all. I was going to play them last week because we had a bit of a disaster on the AEW show. That is all, <laughs> on, that is all on me. That was my fault. I, I kind of made a bit of a balls up
1: there. I'm trying to botch my segment. <laughs> to every it. other podcast in existence has had before us um but some of them that were sent
2: in i just, i could not like even when reading what they thought the misheard lyrics was i I couldn't i couldn't get it onto it i couldn't be like mm-hmm. yeah no I can, I can sort of see what you mean there but there, there are two that i did want to try so the first one uh ollie davis if you could load up an absolutely banging song Bad
1: Romance by Lady oh, Gaga. God, love that. My, oh, what a tune. my my recent search history, by the way, in Spotify, is is weird now. It jumps <laughs> between all it's just all these songs I'm looking up for you. So I've got bad romance. Do you want me to start playing at a specific point?
2: Uh, yeah, so basically we need to get to the rah 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 of the song, if, if you if you don't mind. Okay. Okay, okay, right. So, okay, right. Let's get up uh, the email from this person. This comes in from Oliver, Ollie Flood, in fact. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I've been finding your new segment of Misheard Lyrics, uh, song lyrics, quite amusing. And I thought I'd send one of my own, even though I'm aware. It doesn't make any sense. I still hear it every time in the song "Bad Romance" by Lady Gaga when she sings this verse: "Ra ra 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 ra, once bad romance." The "once your bad romance" part always sounds to me like,
1: "Well, you've been rubbing my ass, or rubbing my ass, or you've been rubbing my ass." No, 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 no. Ra ra ra. You've been rubbing. My i know own. it's ridiculous i know it's ridiculous but i cannot uh, i can hear it
2: uh, and it makes me smile every time the song comes in hope that provides a giggle for you all the best to have on a rust talk so let, let's have a listen see if you can hear uh well you've been rubbing my ass oh ass i think would be the, the best way
1: No. You're talking about other oliver. And quite yeah. amusing. Quite why did you have to put quite in there?
2: Yeah, that is do you know what? And that I think has been a bit of a a story of all the submissions I've had in. Someone said in one about uh Taylor Swift, which I got dead excited about because I know you're a big Swifty, along with uh Denise Salcedo, but it's not and, one that I can and Miro, and well, obviously, and Miro, mm-hmm. um, Um, Yeah so it's not one I can I I couldn't fully get on board Actually do you know what let's let's try this one That came in It's another Taylor Swift song This one comes in from Handsome Dave It (laughs) says for a while For a while time after Taylor Swift (laughs) For a while time after Taylor Swift Released her groundbreaking album 1989 I was convinced a few absurd misheard lyrics In style A I'm not. I'm not the biggest Taylor Swift fan. I think she is pretty much fine.
1: Oh come
2: on, you contrarian son of a bitch! It's not being contrarian. She's fine. I just don't think. I, I do she's like brilliant out, But she is fine. However, "Style" is a fantastic song. That is an absolutely brilliant song. Um, so, if you could get uh, "Style" up for me, please. Got it up. Um, so. uh, he was convinced the lines were You've got those bright green uh, Daydream looking your eyes I've got that red lip plastic thing that you like Turns out the song's about a lovely relationship That is held to secrecy into a saucy tryst style involving a marital aid But I was scream singing in my car On a daily basis and it took my coworker A ride to be corrected That same person thought uh... So you've got that bright green What is the lyrics then? You've got that
1: I don't know, I thought you were looking into this
2: well, it's. It, I'm just reading the email that Handsome Dave has sent over. I'm. I'm working with the tools that I've been given.
1: Let's. Let's see what Tay Tay has to say.
2: Mm-hmm. Skip to the head to the chorus, please. It's the whole song.
1: <laughs> Here we go.
2: Uh of course there it is so he thought it was red lip plastic thing that you like oh uh
1: but no it's uh very much classic which is lovely really it's a very i think it's a very good song that (laughs) it's a great song um so should should i dish out one of mine which i think well okay Okay, i'll hold off i I
2: do i do have one more because i did look into this one and this one is very good this is a classical uh one actually so Mm -hmm. if you can look for uh Handel Messiah's for unto us a child is
1: born. From the, I don't know, I guess that's like an opera for Messiah. A, a, a child was born. I uh, don't yes, know hand- how classical music is sort of titled. It's all over the place. The HWV 56 part 2, colon hold 29. On. Hold on, hold on. All right, I'll tell
2: you what, I will just, I will Discord you, the, the thing, because I've already looked into this one. Okay, discord okay. it to you now.
1: Okay, got that? I do. Okay, got the YouTube version up. Yep. So, particular... no, oh, God, a, son, son of a bitch advert. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, you want to get to about where the sort of the people are singing, so... Okay so you want to go to about sort of 15 seconds or so. Mhm. Okay. So obviously the song is called For Unto Us A Child Is Born. Here's what Matt says. Uh, good day you find gentlemen working dil- diligently to keep us consistently entertained through these uncertain times. I've recently added classical music to my rotation. I recommend everyone at least try this. It's glorious. My misheard lyric comes from For Unto Us A Child Is Born I, know, I don't know if it's my car's speakers Or the particular recording I've downloaded But the lyric, which is supposed to be the same As the song's title, does sound like Oh, won't you love some Chinese porn <laughs> Even... That's what I'm talking about Even now, years on for the first coming across this I had to really focus in order to hear the lyrics As they are intended This is a great segment, thank you for everything So this this one's a bit of a winner
0: Did you hear that? Yeah, right? What, do you want some Chinese
1: porn? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no. No.
1: No good messaging me. <laughs> Thank
2: you very much for that one Matt. What did you, you have?
1: Well, I had uh and, and I think my version's better than Radiohead's. So Fake Plastic Trees, one of my old songs. Great song. Great uh, song, mate. Oh, mate, oh. what an album that is. Yes, The Bends, of course, uh, in these sort of it's a beautifully structured song. In the third verse, the big reprise is and I will get the lyrics up for you. Uh, but I can't help the feeling I could blow through the ceiling if I just turn and run. Mm-hmm. But what I always heard, which I think's better, is, <laughs> but I can't help the feeling, I could blow through the ceiling if I just had a roof. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. That's better. I
2: I would blow the ceiling if I had a roof.
1: Well, it's kind of like, it's a, it's a sort of funny, tragic thing to say. That's, that's, uh... I just had a roof (laughs) do you hear it go on one more time I do hear it and it's a better lyric (laughs) segment saved we've got to (laughs) do a live show thank you all so much for listening take care I love you goodbye